morning, good morning. Can I have all y'all stand up? Good morning. How's everybody doing today? I want to say hello to everybody watching all our campuses, everybody watching online. Uh, my name is Miles McPherson. If you're a visitor, raise your hand. If you're a visitor, raise your hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Uh, and whether you're a visitor here or um, from another church or, or you're, this is one of your first times in church, uh, the reason we come here is to bring our burdens to God and have an encounter with God. Often people associate church with singing and listening to a, a message and taking an offering, all that kind of stuff, and all that's part of it. But really the point is that we come here and say, God, I got a burden. How many of y'all got a burden today? This is the place you need to be, okay? And then you need to say to God, God, um, I need something. I need something, and, and, and this is individually, whether it be something I say, something in the worship, it may be one song, it may be one lyric in one song, I, and that, that ministers to you, grab that and hold that, and anything that distracts you, just throw it out. It's like, eat the, mo- eat the meat, spit out the bones, and even if you perceive something that is said or done by whoever uh, from up here or even in the, in the lobby or out in the parking lot, whatever, uh, don't let it distract you from what God has for you. Amen? And so I would encourage you, every time you come, God, speak to me, encourage me. I have a need because we all have needs every single day because we're in a spiritual battle. Amen? Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a prayer to you. Um, and I just want all y'all to close your eyes. And I want you, we're going to read it really softly. And I'll, I want you to repeat after me and think about these words as we pray. Amen. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And it's not a lot to memorize, so it'll be really easy. I'll make it simple. So repeat after me. Thank you, God, for the breath of life in my lungs. Thank you, God, for your unconditional love. Lord, I surrender my heart to you today. Dear Lord, I love your vision for the church. Forgive me for any pride in my heart. Forgive me for unforgiveness in my soul. Forgive me for bitterness in my heart. Forgive me for greed in my heart. Lord, I want to build your house. I want to be a giver, not a taker. I want to be the solution, not the problem. I want to be a a blessing, not only blessed. I believe you have a perfect plan and a place for me in your house. Lord, bless your church today. Unite our hearts today. I love you, God. All I need is you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. As you sit down, give someone a high five next to you, telling your name. <laughs> Turn to First Samuel sixteen. First Samuel sixteen. 
Um, if you are a visitor, we started a series about five weeks ago called Heart for the House, and it is ending today, and last Sunday and today we we're taking an offering for the house, and so we'll do that at the end. Um, but I have a, a little riddle for you, very simple riddle, and it's not a trick question. It's a, uh, it is actually a story that Jesus told in the Bible that I'm going to paraphrase. A man had two sons, and he told each son, he asked them to tend his vineyard. And one said, I will do it, but he didn't do it. He said, I will do it, but he didn't do it. And then another son said, I won't do it. But then he did it. Okay, got a son. He's got two kids. You tell your kids, clean your room. And one, one kid says, I will clean my room, but he doesn't clean the room. And then the other child says, I won't clean my room, but he does clean his room. So was the first or the second child the obedient child? Second. Everyone say second. It's not a trick question. The child that actually does what God says is the obedient child. We've been looking at the, the life of David, and one of the things we learned about David is that David was a man after God's heart. Say man after God's heart. And the definition of a man or woman after God's heart is a man or woman who does what God says. And as we all are looking at being, having a heart for the house, we talked about a heart for the house of someone who has a heart for God, someone who has a jealous heart, uh, someone who has a grateful heart, someone who has a prepared heart. Today we're going to look at someone who has a heart for the house as a person who has an obedient heart. If you have a heart for God's house, not only his building, but his people and his mission, it is all about God. I want to do what you want me to do. At the end of the day, we can come to church, read the Bible, pray, and all the stuff in this room, but when we leave, and even coming here, and even when we're here, if we're not doing what God says, we're just playing religion. At the end of the day, we got to say, God, what do you want me to do? And I can guarantee you, God is, if there's, you know, how many thousands of people are watching on all our campuses, he's got that many thousand different things he wants all y'all to do. Because he knows every single one of y'all have a very specific path and a very specific assignment. And today I want to talk to you about doing and fulfilling God's assignment in your life. Everyone say assignment. Say assignment. God has called every single one of you to walk with him. To follow him. To play a specific role in the kingdom. And the bottom line is, are you doing that? Not when someone else asked you to do. Not what some expectation someone else has on your life. God, what do you have for me? This is why it's so critical. It's so critical to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's why it's so critical to read your Bible on your own. It's why it's so critical to have your own private prayer time with God and not depend on Sunday where you come once every, even if you come every week, it's still not enough. It's when, when can you get alone with God by yourself? At the end of the service, we're going to take an offering. You should do what God has called you to do. Matter of fact, I want to make sure you got, everyone got your envelope. Everyone got an envelope and all the campuses waving in the air like you just don't care. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. This is what it looks like. We're just going to fill this out at the end and we're going to pass buckets. But you're going to, you can give a one-time gift or a recurring gift and we're going to fill that out at the end of the service. But you want to look at this and say, what does God want you to do? How does God want you to serve? What role do you have in the community? What people group out in the community do, does, does God want you to serve? And so what we're going to look at today is David when he fought a man named Goliath. 
And in this particular story, David is going to shift from one assignment to another. Now, um, Mark chapter 1, I'm just going to read this to you. You don't have to go there. Mark chapter 1 says, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me. Everyone say, follow me. This is not a follow the rock church thing. This is not attend the church thing. This is not a religion thing. It's a follow Jesus thing. How many of y'all follow Jesus? Amen. That's, that's your commission. If tomorrow everything, you know, I don't want to say the building fell down because I don't want that to happen. But if tomorrow all this was gone, you still got to follow Jesus. That's what it's about. And hopefully you being here is part of you following Jesus. Hopefully you ministering and talking to people in the room. How you speak to people in the parking lot is about following Jesus. And let me say something about um, the people in the parking lot. And because and I've, I've experienced this for decades of being in church. Um, when you come to church and you drive into the parking lot, often those people have been here for hours. Sometimes before the sun comes up. So when you go out into the parking lot, just tell them thank you. Can I get an amen? Just say thank you to the ushers, people in the parking lot. And, and, and know that there are people who, who curse at them on Sunday. Now, hopefully those are people who aren't regulars here. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hopefully those are people who are visitors and maybe they don't, they don't know the drill, whatever. But be, however you speak to them, do it as you're following Jesus. Amen? Amen? Okay. So let's, let's keep reading that verse and look what it says. Let's read it again. It says, and, he, and Ephesians chapter 4 says, Jesus gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God has called all of y'all, not necessarily to do one of those five things, but something. There's something in you that he's called you to do. So we're going to look at a story about David, a man after God's heart, a man who wanted to build the house of God, which is what we've been talking about for five weeks. He wanted to build the house of God. He had this in it. And in his life, he had these different assignments. He was called by God to follow God, but he had these different assignments. I was in Florida uh, about three, four weeks ago. I spoke at a grandparents' conference. Never heard of a grand, I've been to Yukon, I, I, I started as a youth pastor. That was my first assignment, as a youth pastor. And I'm going back to my first assignment in, in a little bit. We'll talk about that in another time. But I'm, I'm going to be recruiting a lot of y'all to join me in youth ministry. Can I get an amen? amen? Come on, come on, come on. We, we got to help the kids. Come on, get the gospel. So that, that was my first assignment. So now I'm going to a grandparents conference. I'm not, I don't want that to be my next assignment. I, was, I took a, the only reason, I shouldn't say the only reason, but the big reason I took it is because the guy who helped me when I got in youth ministry, who's now older like me, is now doing a grandparents conference. So I was like, all right, I'll do this one time, but I ain't going back to a grandparents conference on a regular basis because I can't, I, can't, I can't go that route. By the way, I, as a, because as a, as a, I'm thinking everyone's going to be walking around like this, and I'm like, well, I'm a grandparent, so, you know, maybe not. I'm not going to ask you to say this, but I want, you to, I want you to think, what is the average age of a first-time grandparent? Just think it in your head. Average age. Okay. How many people say 60? Raise your hand. Raise your hand 60. How many people say in 50s? 
Okay, how many people say in the 40s? Oh, wow, you're right, 47, 47 years old, which was young to me, okay? So anyway, I'm going there, and I get in the car to go from the airport to the, to the hotel. And this, the driver says to me, we started talking, and he's a friend of a friend, so we were talking about stuff, and, and he said, so what positions did you play in football? I said, well, I was a defensive back. He said, well, what is, which one? I said, well, I was a safety. I was called by God, divine calling, to play football. It's true, true. But I, have a, I had an assignment of a defensive back. Then I played special teams. I was a punt return, a gunner on a punt team, blocked the, uh, blocked the gunner. So I, I was on special teams, but I had a specific assignment. When I was in high school, I played all kinds of positions, everything but the line. And when I was in college, I played defense, safety. I was on defense, but I had a specific assignment. So God has called all of y'all all of us, to serve him, to follow him. And then he's going to say, you have an assignment. What is it that you're supposed to do? What we're going to look at David, David was called to be a king, but his first assignment was a giant killer. And he was called from being a shepherd. That was his very first assignment. And then he got called to be a, a giant killer. In one instant, he realized, I have to go from being a shepherd to a giant killer. So we're going to see this transition that he went through. Why is this important? Because every time you come and you read your Bible, you come to church, whatever, you want to get closer to being right on target to your assignment. And what God has called you to do. And as we talk about Heart for the House, is we're not only taking offering, we want all of y'all to be involved in our assignment on the earth to serve the community. We want you to be involved. We can't do it without all of you. And there are giant killers out here. <laughs> There's some of y'all who are prayer warriors. There's some of y'all who have the gift of giving. Some of you have the gift of communication. Some of you have the gift of organization. Some of you have the gift of listening and counseling and empathy. You need to do that or you will be frustrated with your life. You'll be trying to f fill this emptiness in your heart by something else and it will, it will never be filled. As a matter of fact, I would, I would venture to say that some of y'all have had, had jobs that were like, eh, because it wasn't part of your assignment. It wasn't, it wasn't consistent with your giving, with your gifting, your gifting. So look what it says. In this story, Israel's looking for a king. They had a king who wasn't working out. Samuel the prophet was called to go to Jesse's house and anoint the king. Jesse had eight sons. So he's going to go to his house and he's going to say, I need to anoint the king and he's one of your sons. Bring out all your sons. And he is going to go through this process of picking the king, and it's going to be the one no one expects. Look, look what the first point says. First point says, an obedient heart reveals, receives his assignment for God's house. Um, God wants you to be open today, all of y'all, that you would receive what God has for your life. It, I remember the first time I realized that I was supposed to do this, and then specifically do evangelism. And I was like, it was so clear. It was so encouraging that I knew my purpose. I was watching, um, I don't know, something on TV or something. I, I don't remember what it was. And, and oh, I, I think it was Instagram. And it was a clip of some child asking their parent what the purpose of life was. And the dad was like, oh, you should know the purpose of your life. I know what the purpose of life. And, and he did not know the purpose of life. He, he said, honey, tell him. And he had, tell her. And she's like, here's the purpose of life is that you love God and do his will. That's it. Now, 
Well, what does that mean? I sit around and, and sing songs all day? No, it means love your family, take care of your family, forgive people, be empathetic, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Now, to do that, we worship God, to worship God, to know God, to have a relationship with God. And so, so here's David. Look what it says. First Samuel. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel the king, uh, the prophet, do you look, don't, do not look at his appearance at the physical stature because I have refused him. So he had all these sons, Jesse's sons, come before him, one after another, after another, after another. And it says, the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And he said, there remains still yet the youngest, and there he is keeping sheep. And Samuel said, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes. So Jesse brought all his sons that he thought, his tall, dark, good, his t tall, dark and handsome sons who had jobs and degrees and, you know, they, they, had, they, they had families. And he said, he, none of those are the king. God don't look at the outward appearance. I remember, and this has happened multiple times where I would meet people and they would literally say, you're the pastor of the rock church? <laughs> literally. And I was like, what's up? <laughs> in our mind, we think, or, or you played in the NFL? You look too small. We have in our mind a perception of things. And you may have a perception of you. The devil may have put in your mind that you are not the prototype of what you are called to do. And so you don't even try. You just give up. And you go do something lesser because you think maybe that's your profile. When God says, I called you to this, not that one's better than the other, but the devil's always going to put you down and God's always going to put you up. And so he said, he said, so he sent and brought him and now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. And Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. The Spirit of God came on him. Come on, church. Come on, church. And here's what. <laughs> when God speaks to you, you have to say, God, I'm ready. And if every day you got up and you said, Lord, I'm ready for today. I want you to bless me today. I want you to give me direction today. I want you to give me clarity today. I don't want to just go to church, do my job, go to happy hour, <laughs> go home. That's what the devil wants for you. He just wants you to wither away. He wants you to do what everybody else does. God says, no, I have something for you. What is my assignment? And so my prayer for you is that you are ready to receive it. Number two. It says an obedient heart acknowledges God's preparation for their assignment. God is going to call you to do something that you can't do. You ever, you, ever, you ever hear that saying that, you know, God will never give you more than you can take? Yes, he will. God will always give you more than you can take if you don't trust him. 
He gives you what you can take if you trust him. But if you do it on your own, you will be crushed. So in this particular story in 1 Samuel 17, the next chapter, the Jews are on a hill and the Philistines, their enemies on another hill and there's a valley in the middle. And Goliath comes down for 40 days straight and yells at the people saying, if you send a warrior to fight me and I beat him, then you will serve us. But if your warrior beats me, we will serve you. So right after David is anointed as king, what does he know about being a king? He goes out to the battle because his brothers are at the war. And for 40 days straight, Goliath comes out and talks trash, talks trash, talks trash. And David starts walking around going, why aren't y'all whooping that fool? This is my language, but really it's kind of what it says in the Bible, but you need to read it. And he goes, I can whoop him. I can whoop him. This is 1 Samuel 17. I can whoop him. I whoop. And, and the word gets out that there's this kid saying he can whoop the giant because nobody in, in the Israelite army would go fight him. He was nine feet, nine inches tall, Goliath was. So nobody wanted to go fight him. But David, this little kid, was saying, I can whoop him. So they bring him to the king, Saul. And he says, I can whoop him. He says, but you're nothing but a little kid. And look what he says. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Everyone say used to. He left the sheep that day. That day, he said, I'll be right back. And he went <laughs> to the war. And, 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 and the king is saying, who's this kid? So he wipes the sheep fuzz off his body to go see the king. And he's like, yo, man, I, back in the day, I used to keep my father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear, everyone say lion, lion. say bear, bear, came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and said, what? And delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I said, you must be out of your mind. I caught it by the beard, struck it and killed it, K-I-L-T. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Come on now, come on now. Now. Be honest by raising your hand. How many of y'all have had financial problems in the past that God got you through? Okay, keep your hand up. Look around the room. Not only are you, you're not alone. Put your hands down. How many of y'all gotten through heartache that God got you through in the past? Amen. Okay, put your hands down. How many of y'all got, God's got you through some scary stuff that you, you, by the way, you have no idea how you got through it, but you got through it. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this is what David's saying. David's saying, God did all this in the past, and I'm going to promise you the devil does not want you to remember those things. He wants you to see this obstacle and go, I can't do it. And God's like, wait a minute, turn your behind around and look at all the stuff I did in the past. That's what David's saying right here. And so when God, when God calls you to do something, you have to look in the past at how many times God got you through. And by the way, how many times have God gotten you through when you weren't even trusting in God? You weren't even thinking about God. You thought you did it. That may be why you did it, went through it again. God said, you're going to acknowledge me. Because once you acknowledge that he's getting you through, you can acknowledge that that's where you, where you need to go for more strength and trust in the future. Because your strength is very limited. Number three. An obedient heart fulfills the assignments for the glory of God's house. 
when we do what we are supposed to do with this house, it's not only for, it's not for this house, it's for the glory of God. When we serve, when we give, we're getting ready to take an offering here in a minute. When we give, it's, be, it's for God's glory. When we give to Toys for Joy, which we're having here in a few weeks, we're going to give toys and food and clothes to thousands of kids. We're doing it for God's glory. When we give to, to help uh, support all the ministries that all the campuses are doing, we're looking for an office for a ministry center for Chula Vista. When we give for those kind of things, we're doing it for the glory of God. Can I get an amen? When we give to help people, missionaries around the country, around the world, we're doing it for God's glory. We have to understand this is what it's for. And so look what it says. This is David killing Goliath. Now, nine feet, nine inches, this is a little kid. Goliath is so big, he has someone holding his shield. He's got a sword. He's got a helmet. He's got a, all this coat of mail, which is all this, this metal all over his body, nine feet, and he got this little kid. And look what it says. David said to the Philistine, and by the way, if you have to read this whole story, because this is where trash talking came from. <laughs> Goliath said, you come to me, you're looking like a little kid with sticks. You think I'm a dog? You come to me with sticks and a stone? And David said, I'm going to rip your head off and give you, I'm going to cut your mama's head off and your brother's head, and it's, it's going down. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with the spear and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He says, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day I will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head off. Listen, when's the last time you... Now, listen, I play football. I'm, I'm going to take your head off. That's like jabber jabber. You're not really going to take the guy's head off, even though you can hit him in the head. He chopped his head off. He threw the stone into his head, then chopped his head off and walked around and said, what's up, what's up, with his head. This is for real. You're like, what does this guy do with an offering? <laughs> We're going to chop your head off. <laughs> God has called all of us collectively in all our campuses to minister to San Diego. That's what, he's, that's what we're here for. He's called all of us to say, okay, Lord, what is my assignment in the mission of getting the gospel to San Diego and beyond? But primarily right here. How has he called you to be a part of that? Part of that is giving, part of that is worship, part of that is prayer, part of that is serving, actually handing food out. We give, we give food away just about every week at one of our campuses. Part of that is inviting people to church. Part of that is leading a small group. That's what this is about. And so every year we have this year-end push so we can have finances for next year to go and do some more. So that's what this is about.